BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, and welcome back to the Balance Blonde podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm so excited to have Miranda Alcott with me here today. She's an animal communicator, otherwise known as a pet psychic. You guys have probably heard me talk about communicating with Hudson, my amazing cat, through Miranda over the last year and a half since I've had him in my life. And being able to communicate with him through her has been one of the coolest, most eye-opening things I have ever personally done. I've been wanting to share her gift with my world, which is you guys, ever since I discovered her when I started researching animal communicators online and came to learn that she is the most legitimate out there. She has an incredible gift. She is so in touch with what she was meant to do in this world, which is why she's so in alignment with what I share with you guys on this podcast, people who have set their soul on fire. Miranda is very in touch with what her calling in this lifetime is, which is to connect animals with humans and also she helps so much in so many ways by working with veterinarians around the world to make sure that procedures with animals go as planned and she's also a crisis management counselor so she's able she really is able to touch on those therapeutic elements of communicating between humans and animals but also between humans and humans as you can tell when I talk to her because she has such a therapeutic voice she's so understanding and so patient and I'm seriously so honored to have gotten her on here because I've been wanting to share her gift with you guys for a really long time and of course when I tell people that I have communicated with Hudson my cat through Miranda I get so many questions like what are you talking about Jordan how can you communicate with your cat and how does she communicate with animals that makes no sense So I figured I would have Miranda on to tell you guys exactly how it works because it's fascinating. And I completely believe that when you're in tune with the universe and when you're open to so many different things that people uh, just often aren't, I think telepathy is a real thing. I think that being able to communicate on a deeper level is always available. So I love what she does. She's going to explain it to you from her history with animal communication all the way to a conversation with Hudson that Miranda and I have in this podcast. And he has some very funny and opinionated things to share with me. So I can't wait for you guys to listen. Let's take it away, Miranda. Okay, so we have liftoff, I take it, huh? We have liftoff and I'm so happy about that thank you so much for your patience you are such a 
such a patient soul, which I really, really appreciate. And I oh. can see why you are so wonderful at doing what you do for a living because you are so patient and just have that energy about you that is so nice. Well, thank you. I, I feel really fortunate I get to do what I do. I feel very blessed. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really incredible, incredible job and calling and gift that you have that I'm very excited to talk to you about for the Soul on Fire podcast today. Yay! Yes. So for our listeners who are going to be tuning in, I've spoken to Miranda a handful of times since I've had Hudson in my life, and she has this incredible gift of communicating with animals and being able to pass on to animals what their humans want to say to them and really be able to express back and forth between humans and animals all of the communication that I know so many of us wish we could just have inherently and just do on a daily basis. So I'm so curious, Miranda, to hear how you got into being an animal communicator and when you first knew that you had this gift and if it was confusing or how did this gift in your life present itself to you? Well, you know, I, I was so blessed to come in with knowing where I had just been and fully aware of the agreements I had made about what I would be doing in this lifetime. Uh, and, and I couldn't understand why people didn't remember where they had just been, previous life. I could, I, it, so at a very young age, my parents were very loving and they would say, well, honey, that's really nice, but keep it inside the house. You know, we don't talk about it outside of the house. So at three years old, I was in my garden and just communicating with the ladybugs and the bugs in my garden, the snails and everybody. That's what I did. And I didn't understand why people didn't want to sit outside with me and do the same thing. So it took me quite some time to figure out that people had forgotten they could do this and or in were in um, avoiding that they felt they could do this. And, and so just so you know, Jordan, you know, um, it takes focus and it takes commitment to do this, but my experience is everyone has a, a piece of being intuitive always and telepathy and communication, many different skills. It's just that we maybe haven't been supported in strengthening them. So what I say is, you know, a gift is the first day you're born and the second day it's all about skill. It's all about trusting. It's all about exercising the trust muscle and practicing. Yeah, wow. So you've known since you were just since since as long as you remember, since you were a little girl and when when you were young living with your parents and growing up, did you have animals in the house so beyond the ladybugs outside and the animals in the garden, did you have cats and dogs growing up that you were able oh. to communicate with? I did. I had cats and dogs. And then also my father was an architect and he would have clients come over to the house to talk about renovations. 
And one time when I was, uh, I guess, maybe four years old, my dad let me be outside with him while he was meeting with a client if I was very quiet. And at one point, my father got up and had to walk in the house to get some more plans. And I was sitting with this man and we both were sitting in silence. But over his head, I could see a vignette, like a, a video, if you will. Um, and it was a woman with another man. And I didn't understand what I was seeing. I was seeing it, but the person sitting in front of me, the man in front of me wasn't so much pain. And he non-verbally said, can you help me? And I thought that was really strange because I was brought up that you respect adults, that you only speak to them when they speak to you. An adult was anybody taller than me. And at four years old, everyone is taller than me. So I, I didn't know what I was supposed to do with this man. And later in the years, as I reviewed back, I realized it was that his wife was going out with someone or seeing someone else. It was a betrayal. But it was way over my head as far as what to do with this person that was in pain. I just knew he was in pain, and I didn't know how I was supposed to help. So I really did come in with a lot more awareness of things around me than perhaps I knew what to do with and then some of the things I did. Wow. So the, the gift that you have to be in tune the way that you are energetically does transcend just animals and you are able to physically feel what is going on with people in their personal lives and in their human relationships as well. Yes. And I've learned to establish boundaries because that can also exhaust you. Um, we have we live in an age that is so informational, technically so deep, and we are bombarded with information 24-7. Our bodies are not necessarily set up to handle this much information. So I have had to learn, and that's what I teach in, my, in some of my level two and three classes, is how to deal with incoming information. So being six sensory people and being able to sense what's going on with each other because everyone really does use telepathy, whether they consciously realize it or not. It's how we know that something's going on behind a door that's closed. It's how we know walking down the street if someone is not safe or not. It's how we know if there's a business deal that's going to go through or not. It's how we know if someone that we love is in pain, whether they've said anything or not. We use it all the time. It's just that perhaps um, some cultures are more supportive of that information than others. But I had to learn how to set boundaries because as sensitive as we are, we're not taught that if you don't set boundaries, you start taking on other people's information and sometimes even other people's karma. Mm -hmm. So how do you set those boundaries? I'm very curious because I, I don't, I don't have, I mean, I'm not, I'm not currently in touch with so much telepathy of my own but I do feel like I'm a very intuitive person and I can pick up on how people are feeling and I really soak in other people's energy so especially this week with the election and the extreme amount of of anxious energy and sad energy that I have felt from so many people around me and in our nation how do you set those boundaries? Because I feel that that energy has soaked into me and I'm not sure how to maintain my own at this point. Right. 
Right, and that's something we can work with. But just to give you a general overview, I actually send out a text to many of my clients um, the day before the elections suggesting that they remember that there will be a wave going over our nation no matter who wins. There will be a wave of energy that is so potent and so strong. We need to remember as empathic people that it's a choice that we need to then say, I'm going to consciously not take this on. So the first thing you would do is ask yourself, is this mine? That's a very important question. That can happen to us when we watch the news about anything and see a sad story and we're affected. But you have to ask yourself, hold on a moment, is this mine? With the elections, so many people are affected with this. We all are affected with this. But we have to ask ourselves, are we the, in the best of service if we allow ourselves to take it in? So I use as simple exercises, um, the, the one that comes to mind right now for your listeners, which everyone knows the expression of shields up. Um, and as funny as it sounds, and sometimes even corny as it sounds, people uh, can't understand from Star Trek. They can hear the sound in their mind. They understand it is a conscious decision that you're going to protect yourself. So it's not out of fear. I think of it as mylar that deflects. So you still can see and operate and work in your world, but you have an agreement that you're not going to take on that energy. That's the first step. Wow, that is very, that's very good advice. And I imagine for someone who takes in as much energy and information intuitively as you do, that honing that skill would be a lifelong practice because even just being an empathetic person that I consider myself to be, I, I do have a hard time with that. And I am a highly sensitive person and I'm sure you are too with with just everything that you that you do in this world it is it takes an extreme amount of such high sensitivity i think so i think that's really admirable that you not only work on that in your own life but that you teach that to people i think that's incredible so that brings me to my next question which is that i have told so many people about my conversations with hudson through you and a lot of people in my life and people who read my blog know that Hudson is so important to me and that being able to connect with him through you has been such a blessing for me. So how do you deal with skeptics? Because I know a lot of people just don't get it even when I say, oh, I'm communicating with Hudson today through Miranda. And there are people in my life who say, okay, haha, Jordan, like very funny. Of course, you know, you think you're communicating with Hudson. So how do you deal with skeptics? Because I feel like that would be hard in, in the line of work that you do. I appreciate your asking this question. I actually welcome skeptical um, people, not caustic people, but skeptical, because I feel it is important for them to be exposed. So again, I, I propose that when you're in a situation where people are sort of, ha ha, you know, gee, Jordan, what about it? It may not be time for them to get it. See, it only becomes frustrating if you hold the belief that it's your responsibility to wake someone up. Really, all you can do is offer them, and I call it lobbing seeds. Sometimes you lob little tiny seeds like poppy seeds, and sometimes you lob seeds that are the size of avocados. All you can do is expose them to it and move on, because the bottom line is, where is the best choice 
for you to move on making a decision that you're most useful and to be of service? Is it standing on the sidewalk trying to convince someone of something that they're not ready to hear yet? Or is it just mentioning it and letting them ponder as you go along your way doing your work? Yeah, that's that's very good advice because it's true. It's not. It's if you take something on as your your purpose to to get someone to see something that you want them to see, it does become frustrating when they don't see it or when they don't want to see it. So just to be confident in the fact that that you you see it and it works for you is is the better thing to focus on. So that makes a lot of sense and. Um, And there's so many people, there's so many people, Jordan, excuse me, there's so many people that are scientists that I have proven this, that if people really want to research it, they can go online. I mean, that's not my job. That's not what I do. My job is to do the work. Yes. Well, that is very true. And it's such, such amazing work to be able to connect humans to their loved, to their beloved animals. So now that I know that you two are so in tune with um, people and the way that they feel and what they think, are you also able to connect people with their loved ones who have passed away who are humans? Yes, but I, I do. But the main focus of my practice is the animals. And sometimes the work uh, takes me to a place um, in, in some sadness for people in that there are animals that have actually witnessed their humans taking their own lives. And I'm called to come in and work with the animal. And many times the human that has transitioned will show up in during the session with that animal um, because they need to connect and they need to, to know each other where what happened and walk through. Um, but yes, I do work with humans as well. It's just that primarily my focus is with animals. And your focus is with animals because you prefer the, to focus on animals or do you feel like you're able to connect with animals in a way that is so profound that, that that's why that is your purpose? I don't like to block anything out, but it's that I follow my guidance, the higher guidance I'm given. And when I was very young, um, I wanted to be specifically working with humans. And um, my teachers, who most of whom were not in physical form at that time, um, said to me, uh, you need to focus on the animals. And I was like a little kid saying, why, why? I, the, the humans are the ones that need the help. And um, my teacher said, because more people will come to you to work with their animals and you can reach them that way. And it's true. There are lots of people coming with their animals. And once they're open to their animals, they're more open to hear guidance about their own lives, usually coming right from their animals. And that's because who knows the most about us? The, The animals by our side. Exactly. Right by our sides. Yeah, that's that's so true. That's really cool. So I know that you told me when we were trying to figure the recording part out that Hudson already had a lot to say when you were looking over the questions this morning. And I think that is, I mean, everything Hudson do, I think, is hilarious because he is hilarious. So I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. But before we get to that, um, when you look over someone's questions that they send you, do you, are you usually able to feel the animal's energy at that point, or is it really something you try to wait until the conversation starts to take place before you really tap into communicating with the animal? 
Well, let me tell you, this was unusual this morning for me to open up the questions ahead of time. I was just preparing my screen and the Skype and all of that. Um, I do not look at the questions or the pictures until I have the human on the line. And the reason for that is I don't want the communication to start without you being present. So I have very thick boundaries about not getting involved in anything. And I literally open the questions just to get the phone number to call the person. And then when they're on the phone, I review the questions with them. So I'm clear about what it is I'm asking when I ask. Then when we're ready to go ahead, then I open up the picture of the animal and open up the um, channels to to listen to what's going on. So I, I just have my own. That's the way I work. Uh, and everybody has their own way of working, but I don't look at the questions ahead of time. And as I as I explained to you earlier, um, uh, when we were uh, preparing for this, I I have to have those boundaries, or I would never sleep. I would never sleep. And I've actually had people say, "I'm going on vacation, Miranda. Will you just like take care of my animal and tell me if he needs anything?" <laughs> and I. Yeah. And I say, no, actually, that's your job, not mine. If you want to, we do something called a travel package where people, you know, purchase a certain amount of time and then we check, they check in. They call us from Italy or wherever they are and then we check in with their animal real time. And that has been a real comfort. Uh, to stay in touch with the animal and the animal with the human. But I, I am not responsible for other people's animals. I'm not. They are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. So it, I read on your website one time, because I have read all of your testimonials, because I am a diehard Miranda fan. <laughs> I've noticed that some people have, or that you've said, when you can't connect with an animal, it's usually because that animal doesn't feel like communicating. So you, you have rescheduled time to, um, to communicate with the animal or find a better time. So why does that happen? And does that happen very often? No, as a matter of fact, there's only one time that has happened. And um, I'm, I'm wondering if that was from my site, only one time. Um, and that was a really moving story of a cat that was on uh, sub-Q fluids, which are subcutaneous fluids to keep the animal healthier uh, because they're usually in renal failure at that point. And the woman, the cat, was was challenged with having the, the uh, subcutaneous fluids, and the woman said she wanted to stop uh, giving them. And I let her know that's a really serious decision. You need to be speaking to your veterinarian about that because the, it, without those fluids, it's like the cat, it's as though the cat is mummifying from the inside out. That being needs those fluids. Well, Anyway, she we ended our session, um, went through the rest of it when ended our session, and I didn't hear from her for about six months. And six months later, she called. Her cat had transitioned, and she wanted to speak to her cat. And the cat showed up but would not talk. And I said to her, you know, your cat is here, but your cat is not saying anything. And the cat showed me that he was really mad, really upset. And I said to her, what happened? Because your cat is very upset. And she said, well, she said, he didn't like the fluids, so I stopped them. And I said, did you consult your vet? No, I just stopped them. And I said, did you help him transition out of pain? And she said, no, I just stopped them. So literally this cat died very, very slowly. And this cat would not speak to her. And I said, you know, um, 
your cat is not speaking to you and all I can tell you is that's really between the two of you and until he's ready to speak there's nothing we can do here I said but you might want to pray for some forgiveness and also self-forgiveness with yourself so that was that was what I could do in that time that that was a very extreme lesson for me to learn because I had never experienced someone just stopping uh, you know what the animal needed like that and not following through with talking to their veterinarian about it yeah it was many many years ago many years ago but no um I, I that's the only time I've had an animal not show up now there's one other chance there is one other time and that happens rarely but it does happen and that is that if an animal has left its body um, and obviously it's spirit we're all energy everything is energy goes on um, but the animal has incarnated again then it's hands-off um, uh, because that animal is in a new life and they're doing what they need to do. And I only had one person uh, who got upset about that and said, you're keeping me from my animal. You know, you know where she is. Why won't you connect me? And I said, no, I don't know where she is. All I'm saying is hands off from ethic, from an ethical standpoint, this animal is with someone else and that's who they're with, you know? Yeah. Wow. So I'm, I'm big on ethics. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, that's really, that's really cool. That's so crazy. Um, so I know that a big part of what you do is to when animals are missing or when they are have run away or um, when they're not home, you, you are able or people call you as an emergency to find out if, if you can find out where they are. So is that is a big part of what you do, correct? No, no, yeah. it is not. No, I'm not that person. Um, there are other people who do that, uh, but it's not a strong suit of mine. It's not a strong skill set. Um, if, if someone, if I've already worked with an animal, then it's possible that I will ask if they're still alive. But no, there are other people that are much better at that than I am. That's not, that's not one of my skill sets. So what do you consider your main skill set to be? Is it to, to communicate between the animal and the human so that everybody can be as happy and loved as possible? That and also I'm an animal medical intuitive, which means that I work alongside with veterinarians under the auspice of the veterinarian. So in other words, I have veterinarians in different parts of the nation and around the world that will call me because they have an, an interesting situation that they cannot they need help looking into the body. So we will do treatments. So, so for instance, the veterinarian would have the animal in their clinic, wherever they are, what state, Colorado, and um, in real time, and I'm on the phone, and they start doing either acupuncture or laser um, or touch or cranial sacral, what, whatever, and I'm watching inside the body to see if the cells are responding in the way that we need them to. And if they're not, then in real time we stop whatever that treatment is because it's not supportive. It's not detrimental. It's just that it's not doing what we need it to, and we switch to another setting or, a, or another needling. Um, so that's what I do as well. And, uh, and then also working with diet and behavior. Uh, behavior is big. Um, and then when someone gets a, a terminal uh, illness diagnosis about their animal, then I work with the human and the animal through that and then out the other side. Because I also am a crisis intervention counselor with humans. So um, I have a really wonderful broad spectrum to be able to support the humans as they're walking through that. 
Wow, I think that all goes so well together, everything you do with helping people and animals from so many different ends and so many different facets of all of that come together quite beautifully with what you do for a living. And I think that's really cool. And that is the whole inspiration behind this podcast is about people who have set their souls on fire by pursuing their greatest passion and doing what they believe in. So you're such a prime example of that, which is awesome. So that's very (laughs) inspiring to me. And um, I have one more question before we before we dive into talking to Hudson, because I can hardly wait because I love talking to him so much. But can communicating with animals be taught or is it just inherent? No, no, definitely it can be taught. I have classes fairly regularly uh, and and I travel to teach as well. Um, Usually we need about 20 people in the class uh, for it to work for me, but I'm willing to go anywhere to teach because I feel it is so important. Um, Yes, the, the, the biggest thing that I think people show up in the class is doubting that they will get something. And so they will receive some information and then doubt it. And that's the number one thing I would love to share with your with your listeners and supporters because um, if you can remove the doubt, you've just removed the block. You know, you've just you have if you give it energy, that's what's going to build. So um, it, it's important to understand that if you can relax about it, and it takes practice, 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 and trust. As I say, the T muscle, trust. But yes, it definitely can be learned. And, um, you know, the animals want us to use more of who we are because more of who we are supports them in their lives. So, you know, early man, us in an earlier state without, before we became so informational, we used our intuition much more than we're using it now. We had to. That's how we kept from being eaten. That's how we understood storms were coming ahead of time. All of that, that was survival. Now, because we rely on the left side of our brain, which is very analytical, very mental, um, and and uh, controlling in that sense, we're having to learn how to reopen the right side of our brain. But definitely it can be learned. Wow. Well, I have to learn from you. Next time you do any sort of class in Los Angeles or any group group led class, I definitely want to come and be there because the more I can learn about this, I would just be so happy and I feel I feel in some ways that I can communicate with Hudson in the way that I I know him so well and I know that he knows me so well that we're able to communicate in some ways. But I know it's very different than the type of communication that you're able to do with him and with other animals, where there are so many times over the last several months that I've just wished I could just pinpoint something going on with him because, well, I know we'll dive into it, but I know he has things to say because he's been, his behavior has been all over the place. And generally, he's a really good boy, but he has a very... um, He has a very sassy streak in him, and I know when he's not happy about something, he acts out to show me, but it's hard, very hard to know what it is that he's not happy about. So I would love to learn, and it makes sense that the doubt would have to go because that was one of my other sort of questions that I have here is that how do you you trust 
yourself to know that the information going back and forth is accurate? Practice. And, and also animals usually will give you, they're, they're more subtle signs than we're think of, thinking of uh, looking for. But sometimes you'll see shoulders relax, eyes get brighter, uh, whiskers move. Um, there are things, uh, you know, the etheric body is a great indicator as well, because animals are phenomenal about using their etheric body, especially cats. Um, and and some, some of us have noticed that when we approach a cat, they ruffle their fur. Have you seen that? Yeah. Right. That means that you actually are touching them, and you could be 10 feet away. Um, cats' etheric bodies, they allow themselves, especially when they're indoor cats and they stay that way for quite some time, they allow themselves to pretty much fill the environment they're in. So their bodies are extending past what we physically see with our eyes. Um, but that's how one of the ways that they communicate. And that's one of the ways that we could be more sensitive. But it, it is practice and it is guidance and it is actively allowing yourself. It's more about allowing, Jordan. It's more about allowing yourself to open up. And, and that's one of the things I teach in the classes. And if, if is it appropriate to say how people can find out about the classes or... Oh, yeah, please do. Okay. So my website is Animals Talk To Me. That's the number two. Animals Talk, and that number two, me.com. And if you sign up for the newsletter, you will see which classes are being taught where. And for anyone who wants classes in their area, just to contact the office at 310-310-0138. And my assistant, Leslie, will set up whatever we need to, to, to make that happen. So, um, but it really is about allowing and it really is knowing if you assume inside that you already can do this and that all you need to do is turn up the volume, you'll remove a lot of the doubt. So my thought was, why don't we dive in and see what Mr. Hudson has to say? Yes, please. Let's do it. I want to hear all about what <laughs> Hudson has to say. All right, so um, I'm just going to say a quick prayer. Mother, Father, God, we ask for the clearing. We ask that anything that is in our conscience be lifted and taken up to the highest realms where it can be cleared and returned in service. And we ask to be filled, surrounded, and protected by the gentle, loving light of the Holy Spirit and the sacredness of all animals. And as we work today, that we gently regenerate. So be it. Yeah. Okay. All right, so the first question you're asking, and I think it, it, uh, we're just going to read the questions and then see what Hudson says. I've been going through an emotional few weeks, and I get the sense that Hudson can feel that. Has he picked up on that energy, and has he done anything specific in response to my emotions? So um, let's see what he says. He says he's been flapping his arms trying to get your attention. And so flapping your arms, his arms is an expression I use because it's human terminology and I'm speaking to someone who speaks English in that culture. But he's saying to me, she moves too fast. She needs to slow down and let the prey come to her. I'm asking him, what do you mean by let the prey come to your human? He says, she moves so fast, she's going to miss those that she says she wants to meet. I'm asking her, she's going to, asking him, she's going to miss those she wants to meet? What, what does that mean, Hudson? 
he says, she keeps saying to me, she keeps saying to me, when am I going to have him come along? When's he going to show up? When is she going to show up? When are the people that I want to spend more time with, how many of them are coming? Because he says she has so many cool friends, but she keeps asking the same question. I'm asking him, what is the question that Jordan asks the most? He says, uh, when is he going to show up? When, when, when? I'm saying, and what do you say to that? He says, I say, she has male friends already, and unless she slows down, she won't be able to see what's moving. Okay, so I'm going to step in. This is Miranda, and I'm going to step in and say something here because what he's saying is, is really, really profound. Um, cats, from my perspective, are some of the best, if not the best, hunters on the planet. And the way they hunt is by freezing. They absolutely freeze to see what moves. And what moves is their prey. And he's saying that you are moving too fast and that if you keep moving fast, you will miss your prey. So there's a, uh, a warning here that he's saying, tell her to slow down. She will meet the, the females and the males that she wants to meet, but she has to slow down. So, right. Do you have any questions about that so far? That's so interesting. I I mean, he's he's right. I move very fast, and um, I know what he's talking about, which is, I, I mean, I haven't <laughs> out loud said to Hudson, "When am I going to meet the person that I meant to spend my life with?" But I know he knows that I have that I, I mean, I think about that, and I have had a rough few weeks with uh, in with relationships with a a relationship, so. I'm sure that he can feel that. Um, so, so he, so that makes sense. So he has picked up on that energy, and he feels that I've just been moving too fast. And and um, when you say you haven't spoken to him in, in, with words, you are very visual. You're a very visual person internally. So you've been picturing like crazy again and again and again what has made you unhappy or sad and what makes you happy. And he's seeing all of it. He doesn't have those boundaries of just because he can't see it with his eyes. He senses all of it and sees it. And the telepathy, one of the, the areas uh, of communication is seeing visions or seeing videos or seeing pieces of information. So he's on it. He knows exactly how you're feeling and what's going on, but not just from a feeling standpoint. So not just from the empathic, touchy-feely, but actually from what you're visualizing internally. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So I will take Hudson's advice and slow down. Um, I, I can sense a lot of the times that Hudson thinks I'm moving too fast because I will come into the apartment and basically fly around the apartment cleaning for hours and hours and hours and moving very fast and I know he looks at me with this eye that I feel is very much like just slow down why are you moving so fast so I'm not surprised to hear that yeah one of the things that he he says 
um, and said this morning was that he loves it when you become a cat. And I have not asked him what that means. So let me ask him what that means. Yeah, so hold on. He says, because you move, you have things that you do where you move like a cat. He thinks it's very exciting. It actually stimulates him. He thinks it's very exciting when you move like a cat. He thinks you should do more of that. But then you get upset. And he says, he doesn't understand it. He's asking me, Miranda, why does she move like that? And then get upset when I get excited that she's moving like that. <laughs> because he bites me. He bites you? Yeah. That's not good. No, exactly. <laughs> he knows that's the only time I get mad at him. And, it, and I do. He's referring to when I get down and play with him and I do move like a cat. Or when I'm down on the ground doing yoga, which I know he thinks is me moving like a cat because I'm down there with him and he's moving with me. And then he'll sink his teeth into my arm and I really d I reprimand him. And I sense that he's con that he doesn't understand quite why I get so mad. So, you know, I'm going to suggest to him um, and to you, uh, because it is actually exciting him. So it's a he has a saturation level. And, and let's face it, when you're an only cat and you don't have your people around you, um, then when someone tries, which is what he thinks you're doing, tries to communicate in a, in a language that he would understand, um, this, is, this is our human perception, um, then he gets excited. He gets turned on. So, and, and he's male. And that is a control issue as far as the biting. It's also acting out in not a negative way. It's an excited way. But one of the things that you can try is absolutely blowing in his face. And if you need to hiss, hiss. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Look him right in the eye and hiss. See, this is about establishing boundaries. You have a right to do your yoga. You have a right to do that. Um, but you may need to establish boundaries with him. And what I would suggest is that if you sense he's starting to get very connected, that you turn and look at him and so that he gets the message back off before he bites. In other yeah. words, we want to preempt it. We want to preempt it by establishing boundary. Yeah, that's good advice. Oh, so that, yeah, that's so interesting. Well, you can tell Hudson that I... I'm happy to do more of that if he likes it to to be like a cat and to play around on the ground and I know how much he loves to play and I love I love to play with him too and I I would like to make more time in the day to do that with him. Okay, but before I say that, you're what you're stepping into keeping him excited longer is what you're saying. So to be happy and have fun and he's such a good boy like he for the most part he he just hangs out and I work from home and so he's a very good companion when I'm just on the computer for so many hours so to give him some playtime I feel like would be pro probably something that would make him very happy okay okay so hold on I'm gonna do that silently so hold on yeah yeah, and he's interrupting, saying, and just so you know, again, he does not want another cat. We have a cat. 
Yeah, well, he doesn't have to worry. We are not getting another cat. <laughs> he's my one and only cat, and he's my one. He's so much my one and only everything that I wonder how I will be in a relationship. And I mean, I'm 26 years old, and I imagine in Hudson's lifetime I will be in a relationship and have children. And I look forward to that, and I look forward to Hudson being a part of that. But I'm so close and connected to Hudson that I often wonder how that will go. He's saying, you'll never find out unless you slow down. And he's laughing. (laughs) (laughs) So he says, um, it just depends on if you can slow down enough and understand that you have to watch more than move. You have to watch more than mode. Very wise being you have here. You have a teacher by your side. Um, he puts it into his culture. But with what I've explained to you and knowing what you know about cats, um, this would be a good thing to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. That good is- thing to listen to. You know, especially when he says, um, if you don't slow down, you're going to miss it. Let the prey come to you. Meaning if you if you're a little bit more relaxed and not so leaning forward it will give the hunters out there looking for you a chance for them to hunt which is what they need yeah that makes sense good advice hudson yeah good teaching Mm -hmm. yeah okay so where do you want to go next with these questions we can go all the way down it's up to you let's well we can around a little something I'm really interested in is well there's a few things so Hudson didn't use his litter box basically at all um, about a month and a half ago for several weeks I was finding him um, using the couch and the bed instead of the litter box and finally I found litter that he's using but uh, uh, my question for Hudson is what was that all about Great question. Okay, so Hudson, your human is very concerned about your not having used the cat box where you used to use it and then you didn't and now you are again. She wants to know what was going on in that time that you didn't use it. He says two things. He was trying to get your attention He does not like how much you are gone when you are gone. That's the first thing. He's already talked to you about slowing down, but he says um, sometimes it's not clean and sometimes it's the only way I can get your attention. So let's talk about what clean is because I have a feeling you're a very clean person. Mm -hmm. Um, But for everyone who's listening, changing the entire litter every 10 days to two weeks is is key. So not just sifting through it, but changing the entire litter. And that's because animals instinctively know if they poop and pee in the same place, they're prey. Because an animal that's hunting, all they have to do is wait in that area and they'll be able to catch. So if he feels by his definition that it's not clear or clean, he will avoid it. So that's, that's just a technical part of the, the culture of feline. Um, but as far as getting your attention, 
he doesn't have the orange flashlight combs they have at the airport to get your attention. So there are times when you're moving so fast, he doesn't know how to get your attention. And that's when the, the bed happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because I knew when he was using the bed because he had been had this little spot on the couch that he kept using. And then all of a sudden he's, he used bed. And I knew that that was a big shift and had more to do with trying. I mean, I assumed trying to get my attention versus the litter. And so now my question is, is he right now? Does he like this new kind of litter? And I've been trying to keep it very clean to his standards. So is that is is he hopefully going to keep using it? He, <laughs> he just asked me, are you going to slow down? <laughs> yes, I promise I'm going to slow down. <laughs> okay. I okay. Slow yeah, good, good. Okay, good. Because he, because that's, that's one of those questions where we don't want to say to our animals, I'm upset, you get over it. I mean, yeah. we can't really do that. So he's looking at you saying, you're asking me uh, to, to not try to get your attention to slow you down. And you're saying, am I going to use the litter box? And I'm asking you, are you going to slow down so we don't have to go through a lot of this? Yeah. And you're saying, you're saying that that would be your intention? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I would like, I would like to slow down, especially now that I know that it's important to him. Yeah, good. Good. And, so and then. On that note... I do travel a lot and um, often it's sort of out of my control because it can be for work, for the blog, quite a bit. And when I travel within the state of California, so when I can drive somewhere, would Hudson like to come with me in his carrier that I have for him? And would he like to stay in a hotel with me, an animal-friendly hotel? Or would he prefer to be here because... I'm always very torn. I know that he's very happy here. This is his home, his kingdom. He's the king of the home. I always have somebody who I think he really likes stay here. I always have great loving people who care for him so much stay with him. So would he like that where he's comfortable or would he like to be with me when he can? He <coughs> he would like to try an adventure once. But I'm not sure it's going to go well for him. So if you know that you're going to go, say, to San Diego or stay the night there, um, where it doesn't have a lot of hours in the car, mm-hmm. um, and and we, I can walk you through, um, and at another time I can walk you through how to prepare him to spend time in the car to see if he's the kind of kitty that can do car ride in the car well. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as if you're asking him, would he like to go on an adventure with you? Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just that we have to pick carefully. We have to yeah. choose carefully what, what, how to expose him and how to walk him into it slowly so that if it doesn't agree with him, um, it's not a huge investment of time. And, um, you know, for either one of you, it's not a, 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 a large negative in his life, you know? Yeah. So when it comes to people staying with him, And I know I've asked him before, how does he feel about Christina and Chloe, people who stay here with him? Does he have anything new to say about that? Because uh, lately I've had, I've switched it up a bit and I have Kayla, my neighbor from upstairs has stayed with him. And this weekend, Christina is going to be staying with him. I want him to know that. And Christina is excited to stay here with him. So how does he feel about all of that? 
He's listening very carefully. He wants to know before he answers this. <laughs> he's a good good negotiator. Uh, how long are you going to be gone for? How many nights? Two nights. Very short. Okay. He says, okay, he says um, he'll do what he always does. He works the humans. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean, Hudson? Mean he's, he means he has to whip them into shape and get them, teach them how to play with him. And sometimes um, he gets bored quickly if they don't pick it up fast. And other times he's more patient. But he says, um, it, two days, three days, he says, it, it is good, but he just doesn't like it when it's longer than that. I feel the same way, Hudson. I only like to be gone for short periods of time, and I can handle that for short periods of time, knowing that he's happy. But when I'm gone from him for longer than that, I, too, have a lot of trouble. I, I miss him very much. Yes, yeah. And he, and he says um, <clears throat> he does understand that you need to do that. He does understand that's your work. You made it really clear to him quite some time ago. But he says, um, still, um, he says, when you come home, you're so tired that even when you say hi to him, it takes you a while to really, like we would say, become fully present with him. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, and when he was really young... I used to make a really big point of no matter how tired I was, making that hello, that greeting when I come home so special and so long and lots of playing. And I know that lately I have been tired and I have been overworked and it doesn't mean that I don't, that I care, love, love him any less. Obviously, it doesn't mean any of that, but I'll make an effort to, to do more. Yeah. He says, all you have to do is slow down a little and you'll be able to come home uh, better off. In other words, you'll be able to come home with a little more energy if you slow down just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's right about that. And he should be happy to know that this weekend going out of town, I had I had a half marathon planned. And I'm not going to be running it because I recognize that I need to slow down. My body's telling me to slow down. So I think I will come home recharged, if nothing else, from this weekend. He's looking forward to that. He says, that, yeah, he says that's a really good thing. That's a really good thing. He's happy. He's happy that you're, t you're taking what he's saying seriously. But you always do. Yeah. You always do. Yeah. I know he's very smart, which brings me to my next question. I know Hudson is very smart. He, his face, when you look at that face, you know how smart he is. Even people who are not cat or animal people often look at Hudson and say, wow, he, he has this very human-like demeanor um, when you look into his eyes. So my question is, I feel when I'm talking about Hudson, like I am right now to you, or when I'm on the phone with my mom talking about Hudson, which is basically every day, does he know that? And what does he think about that? He, uh, being exposed to you, uh, whether you're physically with him or not, He's showing me that he's very aware every single time you talk to him. He's asking me, doesn't she understand we're connected all the time? I'm saying, yeah, she does understand that. He said, yeah, but she can be way far away and think about me, and I'm right here. I mean, I know that. He says, just tell her it's okay 
it's okay. I know she's doing what she has to do, but um, it's fine. I don't feel disconnected. Only when she moves so fast I can't get her attention, but other than that, we are really together. We're really together, and there are people who see saying all of this, and there are people who see us together that can't believe how, in my words, in sync, like in tune to each other, we are. We we are very close. Yeah, and and this is Miranda now. It's interesting because you're you're so close that it's like people who finish each other's sentences. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you're that close. It's very lovely. It is. It's so special and. He's right when people see us together and we have this, just this, we are so in sync. We really are. And I know other people come in, come, come over and they expect to be treated by Hudson the way that Hudson treats me, which is he'll get very close to me and he'll let me kiss him on the mouth and the nose and be all kind of lovey with him. And if somebody else tries to do that, he's like, no. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> very, very funny. Um, but, uh, oh, so what was it? So I don't know if I haven't quite asked this, but is there someone that Hudson likes to have around the most? Because I feel like I can tell there are some people he just really loves. Like, for example, when we have, we, ha- we have a couple um, who come and clean our apartment once a week or once every two weeks sometimes. I th- I get the sense that Hudson really, really loves them. Is that true? Yes. He says the man makes him laugh. He says um, there's something between them. There's a, there's a male energy that's just very fast. It's nonverbal communication. And they get a kick out of each other. There's like their games going on there. <clears throat> yeah, they do get a kick. I can tell. That's h- funny. Well, Hudson should know that one of them, so there's the couple and then there's their daughter, She's going to be staying with him soon, so I think he'll enjoy that. Mm. He says, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely we'll see. see. Yeah, we'll get out the rate card. Oh, my gosh, Hudson. So another important question I have is Hudson hasn't eaten one bite of wet food in over a month. Not sure why, because he used to really like it. Is there is there something is, that he doesn't like about it, or is he just enjoying just eating his dry food right now well i think that's that's a big subject it's, it has to do with diet and we should spend more time on that when we when we have the time to spend on that okay. um because it is a bigger question about health and and diet and all of that um but he's not he's not digesting as clearly as he was and um i actually don't support dry food um, so we'll talk, we could talk more about that, but it's more complex than just, uh, a, a quick answer. Okay. So we'll talk about yeah. that soon then so that I can get that under control. Um, so to go to another question, um, is there anything specific Hudson wants me to know that would make him happier or more comfortable overall? No, he's he he's being disciplined right now and not saying what he's been saying throughout the whole session about slowing down. He says, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But he says he loves you very, very much. And one of the things he wants to share with you is he adores that you treat him as an equal. It's never been a question that he wasn't. 
And he says he also knows that most people don't do that with their animals. And he says if he could participate in saying anything today, because he knows this is a special time where more people may hear what he has to say. He wants to say if there's anything he could say, it would be, please treat your animals as equals. And, And what I say to people is I live with my animals as peers and teachers. Uh, because they are. Yeah. So if we can do that, we can we can uh, learn quite a bit. Yeah, that's important. And Hudson is my equal. He he knows that, and it's very special that it's the two of us here, and that we have that. And something I want Hudson to know, and I I think I told him this through you when he was also very very little, but I want to tell him again is that one of my favorite things, the most special special thing between us is I love how he cuddles with me at night. I think he just has such a loving, loving part of him at night when he comes and sleeps in my arms and on my chest. And it just makes me so happy. So I want him to know that. Okay, hold on. He says he hears and sees everything that you're picturing to him right now. And he just adores that too. But he loves what it does to you because you get all soft and like squishy or wiggly or something. He <laughs> says he really likes that. And, uh, and he says he's not a shy cat. That's, what, that's his big statement. No, you're not a shy cat, Hudson. No, Hudson, you're very uh-huh. outgoing and very confident, uh-huh. which I love. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep, he is. That's so okay. Great. All right. Well, I think we we covered a lot of great questions. I'm I, I and thank you, thank you, Hudson, for participating. You're so special, and I love you. You're my family. Mm. He says he is, and you're his. And he says we just have to be careful before we start adding others. Yes. Well, I will take it slow and I will try my very best to be very careful about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's excited for you. And he says to tell you he's really glad and he's uh, that you did this. But he's also saying to me, Miranda, you know, you're not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Hudson. (laughs) Oh, yeah. One last thing to tell Hudson is that one time he told you to tell me to pay more attention to his tail to try to read his emotions through his tail and not touch his tail so much and I have listened I have I have tried very hard to learn more about him through watching that and I think I have I think I've done I think I've done a pretty good job Hudson with that so I hope he he recognizes the change after he asked me to do that okay hold on let's ask hold on he says yes. It gives him. <laughs> it gives him great hope. <laughs> oh my gosh, great hope that I'll listen to him more. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is you, you, your kitty took you to the woodshed today. Is what's going on? He's yeah, driving the point home. You know. Oh my god. Well, he he has nothing to worry about. I'm gonna listen to him, and I I mean that advice comes at a very good time because there's nothing I need and want more than to slow down. Yeah, good. Good for you. So message delivered, actually, Hudson. Message delivered. She got it. Yes. Well, Miranda, thank you. This is just such a treat to speak to you. I feel like you have 
as I mentioned, just this incredible warm energy for both humans and animals. And it's such an honor every time I get to speak with you. And now to be able to share you with my listeners is just so special. And I hope that everybody listening who has animals or is interested in getting an animal will check out what Miranda's all about because it's really, really special what she does. Thank you so much, Jordan, for inviting me. This has been so much fun. And and really, I love that you listen to your animal. Thank you for listening to your animal. That's what changes the planet. That's what changes the planet. It's true. We can certainly do more of that, have a lot more love between everybody so absolutely i'm very glad that that is what your life is all about and you've set your soul on fire and thank you for being so patient and so wonderful today and we'll be talking soon especially about food good i look forward to it so bye for now okay bye for now have a good day miranda will do bye Okay, guys, I'm so excited that you got to hear Miranda and I speak with Hudson today. What an absolutely incredibly special episode. You got to hear from a very intuitive animal communicator who really speaks to all of us who are empathic souls who are just looking to keep our sensitivity but not let it dominate our lives. So I think she has a lot of great tips about that. And you got to hear from Hudson, the most important being in my whole entire life. And he had some very good advice for me. I cannot even tell you how much I do need to slow down. And there's nobody who sees me more firsthand than he does with running around like a chicken with my head cut off every single day. So I'm going to do my best to take his advice. And I think probably all of us could take a page out of that book because I can imagine that a lot of you guys listening also could slow down a bit because we're all fast-paced people in a fast-paced world. So I actually really hope to have Miranda back on the podcast and Hudson back on the podcast because I think there's so much to be shared, especially if I take one of her classes soon. So pretty awesome, guys. Thanks for listening. And as usual, please send requests, send suggestions, and also rate and review this in iTunes if you liked it. And if you didn't, I mean, yeah, tell me what you didn't like. So I'm open to all criticism, constructive, of course, and I hope to hear from a lot of you and I'll talk to you soon and I'll see you next week. Same place, same time. Bye guys.